Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. As usual, I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Communications Projects Manager at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, my guest is Jeffrey Stein. He is the VP of Sales of Consumer Research around cannabis. The company is based in Houston, Texas. The company's goal is to help marketers connect the dots between cannabis customers and the broader North American consumer economy. And we will learn more about what that means shortly. Welcome to the show, Jeffrey. Thank you for having me, Bethany. Great, great. So let's dive right in and learn more about you and your background and what kind of experiences you had prior to getting into this cannabis research world. Well, I uh, spent many years in the broadcast industry in sales and management and, uh, you know, driving revenue in this sector is not only about quantitative ratings, Nielsen and things like that. We're also about qualitative positions of your audience and in, in demonstrating that a media property's audience matched the consumer characteristics of a, of a proposed client. So when a client learns more about the qualitative aspects of their media property, they always enjoy more success, more revenue, and more return on their investment. That was an area that always fascinated me and, and where I had uh, a lot of success. Gotcha. Yeah. Data is king, especially in this day and age. And the more metrics and information you can get, the better poised you are as a company. Is that kind of the concept behind it? Absolutely. But data is king. Uh, someone once said, uh, if you're out there working without, uh, without research, then you're just another guy with a story. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Great. Okay. So that's a lot of good information to have in your background, good knowledge, good skills, really actionable stuff. Um, so here you are working in the cannabis industry and movement. How did you make that jump from, you said, the broadcast industry and other sort of customer qualitative metrics? How did you find yourself getting involved in cannabis, which has just been legal for adults for just a few years now? Well, I, I did some work for a market intelligence company, and um, I was aware of our sister company, the Media Audit. Uh, the Media Audit is kind of the foundation of our survey work. It's a company that works with a lot of broadcasters, uh, publications, magazines, uh, looking at uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of consumer topics so that uh, 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 media companies can better position their audience. And uh, in beginning to work with them, the owner of the company, who's uh, always, you know, always a few steps ahead of everyone else, it seems, uh, we started to talk about the cannabis industry and, you know, did, was I aware of it? I said, certainly I am, and the growth and the legalization in certain states. And we began to talk about looking at cannabis consumer research. And we looked around and said, wow, there really isn't anyone really doing this. Uh, since we already had 
uh, a very strong foundation in doing consumer surveys. Uh, we sat down with a few um, policy shops, cannabis policy shops, and we de- developed a few hundred questions about usage and spending levels and, um, um, you know, uh, things like um, uh, pe- people's public opinions and so forth, and added them into our surveys. So mm-hmm. here we are doing a survey that's covering all this stuff on demographics and plan to purchase and income and education, and we added in those questions. And that's kind of how this company was born. Okay, got it. Were, are those surveys, they're specifically about cannabis or were they grouped into a larger survey about various things? That's a great question. It's grouped into a larger consumer survey, and we feel that that's the reason why we were able to get a good, solid research. It's not a cannabis research project. It is a consumer research piece where cannabis is just maybe 10%, 8% of it. And so people, I think, once they get to the cannabis section are just more comfortable in answering the questions in, uh, in relationship to a, a bigger consumer survey questionnaire. Yeah, that makes sense. Thanks for explaining that. Um, I asked because I, I think in some, in some instances, some people may not be comfortable uh, giving their personal information and answering a survey about cannabis because maybe they're still a private user. They're not uh, out, as it were. They're not open with their community or their family that they're a cannabis consumer. So they might be a little hesitant like what do you what do you want my name for like no i'm not giving you my information i don't want the world to know i smoke cannabis so it's it is interesting to hear that it was grouped in with some larger questions and it does make sense that they might be more comfortable because they've already just answered questions about you know maybe other wellness products or things like that so wow yeah that's interesting cool um all right so to learn more about consumer research around cannabis, the company, um, you're the vice president of sales. Tell me more, a bit of, more about your role and kind of what you do day to day and what's going on with the company this year. Well, I, my, my role is mostly sales. Uh, so I'm, I'm working with um, companies that are not only cannabis product companies, investment companies, uh, but we're also a data firm as well. So we're, we're uh, forging relationships with other data companies to start to really cross-tab this information in much deeper ways, whether it may have to do with, uh, with cigarette use or tobacco use, rather, or uh, uh, soft drinks or alcoholic beverages. So we're kind of expanding into that area where we have data on over 65 markets in the U.S., and we, we do... Uh, we survey DMAs. So we survey an entire area for Los Angeles or Miami or New York, uh, the entire DMA. And we also have the ability to aggregate that data to a, to a statewide level. But our clients seem really to like the fact that we're doing, call it a local market survey. Um, so we're, we're, we're doing work in Canada as well. We've done a greater Toronto research piece and we're about to, uh, to expand that to a, a, a national survey for Canada. And uh, we're working with firms that deal with a lot of CPGs because they see the growth of cannabis and they want to figure out how best to get into that vertical. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, are you on the road a lot going to these various markets or is that something you get to, you get to do from a desk? 
Um, I work, I work from my home in Orlando, Florida. We have lots of meetings. I probably do 10 or 15 go-to meetings a week. Uh, but I do a little bit of travel. <laughs> you know, I've been to, to several, uh, uh, cannabis conventions and events, but, uh, um, I find that that uh, working go, people like go to meetings, and, and of course I've met several of our clients, but um, they like to be able to see the data. They like to be able to understand how what our methodology is and how we pull the data. So, yeah, I, I work mostly from my home. Me and my three cats. Oh, three cats. That's nice. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, well, before we head to commercial break here, uh, you mentioned cannabis conferences. So I will go ahead and uh, remind listeners that NCIA's next Cannabis Business Summit and Expo is coming up in July. Uh, you can get more information by logging on to www.cannabisbusinesssummit.com to register. Uh, so definitely check that out. It's going to be, um, it's, it's our biggest conference that NCIA hosts throughout the year in addition to the Seed to Sale show and the California Cannabis Business Conference. So this is the big one. Um, it's in San Jose, California in July. And again, uh, it, now's a good time to start planning to go to the conference. Uh, uh, pick out your hotel, find your hotel buddy, and uh, don't forget to register. Um, there's early bird opportunities the earlier you register. So again, that website is CannabisBusinessSummit.com. Uh, are you planning to come to the conference, Jeff? Are you going to make it to California? I am. I'm planning to be there. As a matter of fact, I was just working on the forum earlier today to see if we can be a speaker there. Oh, excellent. Great. Um, yes, we are accepting speaker proposals for our fall conference actually right now through April 30th. So that's the California Cannabis Business Conference that takes place in October. Um, and all NCIA members are eligible to submit a speaker proposal, um, which we take months in advance of every conference. All right, we're going to uh, take a quick commercial break here, but we're going to come back and talk with Jeff more about consumer trends and research in the cannabis industry. So stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. 
Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and we're chatting with Jeffrey Stein from Consumer Research Around Cannabis. So let's talk about some trends in the cannabis industry based on the research going on. There's there's a lot of polling out there, like the Gallup and the Pew Center polls about legalization that NCIA pays a lot of attention to. So um, based on your research, generally speaking, what are we seeing as far as public opinion or approval in these various markets, whether they're adult use or medical only? Well, what we see is obviously in in states where it's more legal and recreational is legal, we're seeing numbers 48 to 55% legality, and that seems to be going up. Um, in states where it's not as legal, those numbers are more in the 40s um, and as high as, as low as maybe 39%. Uh, but the good thing is that cannabis is here to stay and those numbers show it. Even in states where it's not legal, you're still seeing 42, 43% approval of both medical and, uh, and, and, and recreational cannabis. So I think that's a, a great trend. Yeah, yeah, you could even uh, be elected president with those kinds of numbers. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is good. I mean, uh, I'm sure there's still a lot of stigma out there um, about not wanting cannabis on the streets because of, of prohibition era, um, war on drugs era type of messaging. So, uh, but, but in the 40s is, or even in the 50s is, is pretty impressive. That's most people, I think. Um, so from a bird's eye view, what are some of the top takeaways about consumer trends, whether it's adult use or medical, meaning what are people consuming and how often? Sure. Well, in our consumer, in our questionnaire, we, we do ask questions about whether people have used it in the past year or in the past month. And then we also ask questions about specific types of usage. In, in other words, you know, are they smoking it? Are they using edibles and so forth? Um, and one of the things we see is in, in markets where it's legal, um, we see a much more diverse usage. Um, in, in markets where it's not legal, um, Flowers and buds are still the largest percentage of what people are utilizing. But again, in, mm -hmm. in, in places where it's legal, and I, I was looking at Seattle this morning for a client, it's remarkable how diverse it is between concentrates and drinks and edibles and topicals. Um, people are utilizing it in many more different ways uh, because they're finding that they can find cannabis that meets um, the way they want to use it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, tinctures, topicals you mentioned, I, I, I guess it makes sense that in markets where it is legal for adults over 21, um, the, the entrepreneurs are able to offer more products. <laughs> uh, makes sense. I'm sure there's some CBD 
uh, THC confused hot sauce out there somewhere in Washington <laughs> that I'm sure we would like to sample. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, so let's, so Washington obviously was one of the first couple of states to legalize cannabis for adults. But what about these red states um, or states we might consider red states like Kentucky or uh, Virginia? Um, they are very slow to warm up to uh, legalization to the cannabis industry. What are you seeing there in those markets when it comes to approval and public opinion? Well, in 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 states like uh, like Kentucky and Virginia, clearly we're seeing lower percentages, uh, but they're not as low as you might think. What's what's very interesting is that. It, there's a much higher percentage of people who disapprove. And there's also a higher a percentage of people who have no opinion. And those two things tell me that they need to be more educated on what's going on out there. Um, a lot of these people still don't understand what CBDs are um, and what they're utilize, what, what they can be used for and that they're, they're you know, they don't have, uh, they don't get you high, that kind of thing. So th that's, that's still something that we're battling um, just as a nation, making sure that people are more educated, where they're more educated. Uh, again, we see uh, the disapproval lower and the no opinion considerably lower. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and education, I, I think in a lot of ways, our industry is, um, you know, word of mouth education, or you have to know someone who knows something about cannabis in order to learn something about it because there's still massive restrictions on official government research here in the United States. Um, so what we have to educate people is, is coming from research that's done outside of the country, perhaps, or, or in more private research data points. Um, so really getting to those people with no opinion for starters would be huge just to inform them what it is. And you're right, people are still learning what the difference between CBD and THC is. And, and, and on top of that, <laughs> there's CBDA and CBG and CBN that we're all learning about as well that I'm, I'm personally very excited about. Um, so I'm also curious about the data points that might be really interesting when you're doing this research. Do you ask information about maybe their occupation or their income level or if they're religious and go to church or not? We do. Um, as part of the foundation of, of, uh, from, the, from the media audit, we have a lot of questions uh, about income and occupation and, and religion. And I'll give you one, one example. Uh, when we look at uh, people who say they've used or bought cannabis in the past month and attend religious services regularly, um, we see a pretty con we see a pretty small number of people who are uh, a pretty large number of people who are use, utilizing cannabis. But then when we look at that same question and attend religious services occasionally, as opposed to regularly, hmm. the amount of cannabis use goes through the roof. It's, it's three and four and sometimes five times higher depending on the marketplace. Uh, I was just looking at Tampa this morning. It's the difference between 95,000 people who said they, uh, they use it and they, they uh, attend religious services regularly and almost 400,000 who say they use it and attend services 
occasionally. So, you know, that's one data point that we see. Uh, the other, when you look at occupation, um, not necessarily in total number, but when you look at an index, uh, we clearly see in many markets that income, uh, higher tech jobs, higher educated jobs, uh, people who uh, identify themselves as business owners or partners or managers, index pretty high in cannabis use as opposed to those who have lower educated or more middle income jobs. Sure. And it probably matters that some some occupations uh, require you to operate heavy machinery, in which case those individuals would have to be careful about everything from prescription drugs to alcohol as well as cannabis because you want to be safe on the job. But uh, I, <laughs> I just I kind of think it's funny about the um, sometimes attends religious services versus always does. I'm just thinking of, you know, when people go home to visit family for Christmas and you go to church and you have the dinner and then all the cool kids go out to the garage or around the back of the house <laughs> and, and spark up. And <laughs> so it might be a little bit of that. <laughs> well, we, you know, we see it across incomes as well. Um, you know, higher, higher income jobs in, in most markets, believe it or not, the index for cannabis usage is considerably higher. That's not to say it's not high with, with blue collar or with, with lower service jobs, uh, depending on the market. But consistently, we, we see higher tech jobs and proprietors and managers and corporate positions with a much higher index. Sure, sure. I can see that. I think that makes sense. All right, we're going to take uh, our last commercial break here, and then we'll come right back and chat more with Jeffrey Stein from Consumer Research Around Cannabis. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections, and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. 
Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we've been chatting with Jeffrey Stein from Consumer Research around Cannabis, learning a bit more about trends in various markets around the country, whether it's adult use or medical or not legal at all. Um, so just to break away from that talk for a minute, I, I was interested to, you, to hear you say you worked for the broadcasting industry for a long time. And that probably means you have experience with other industry associations. NCIA is obviously an industry association for the cannabis industry and every industry has its own industry trade association or or more than one even. Um, And what that typically involves is working with regulators and sometimes interacting with government officials and doing public education. I'm, I'm curious what kind of experiences you may have had from that perspective, from the broadcasting industry um, that you could share? Well, I, I, I personally have not gotten involved too much um, with a lot of with, with a lot of regulators, although I have had any number of conversations with state senators and uh, uh, in various states who have utilized some of our data uh, and have wanted to to really more understand what was going on in their state uh, so that they could you know, better understand how to legislate and how to move things forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been involved. Uh, we, we are, uh, we have some partnerships with some other data companies that are involved in the convenience store industry. And that is one that is very interesting because as, as you know, many of them are carrying CBD products and many of them want to carry more of that. So they want to better understand uh, just, just what is that relationship between people and what they're buying and, and, uh, alcohol and tobacco, because those are the things that drive people into convenience stores. So we, we've had a little bit of experience with that as well. Yeah, the, broad- that's great. the broadcasting industry is kind of standing by, especially the radio industry. They, you know, our data allows us to cross tab and say, okay, what stations, you know, if you, if you're spending 30 to a hundred dollars a month on flowers and buds, where are you engaging in media? what radio, what TV, what newspaper, what websites. So we, you know, as part of the media audit, we have that data and cross tab it. So um, with cannabis, so they're, they're just kind of watching and waiting to see when and how they'll be able to start grabbing a piece of that pie, which uh, as we all know, the advertising is very, very limited for cannabis at this point, but it's going to change. And we hope to be at the forefront of that when it does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Even as someone who's been a cannabis activist for, um, I don't know, 16, 17 years, I'm used to legalization here in Colorado now, but I still kind of, um, I I smile when when I hear something on the radio advertising a dispensary or I see a billboard because to me, that means it's being normalized and it's just really exciting, especially I'm sure every activist that's listening to the show can relate to the feeling of it not feeling like um, this negative stigma for it to just be a normal part of life. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Um, so back to being involved with NCIA, um, your company's been a member for a little while, um, getting, getting involved in our nearly 2000 member business network across the country 
our conferences, our networking events. Why, why is being a member of NCIA important for a company like yours? Well, I, th- I think it's important to be uh, a, a good corporate uh, a customer or client or whatever you want to call it. But if you're going to be in an industry, I think it's important to be part of the biggest trade organization. I was certainly part of uh, broadcasting trade organizations in, in my day and uh, attended many conferences and, you know, discussed, not only did business with people, but discussed the important issues of the day. And I think the same thing, uh, NCIA pulls everyone together and is a platform and a foundation to share ideas, to share, to do business together, and uh, ultimately to be behind you guys as you press forward um, with the education to our legislators and to uh, the public in general. Yep, you got it. And on that note, uh, our next lobby days event is coming up may 21st 22nd and 23rd and uh, ncia members have begun registering and our government relations team is contacting congressional offices and setting up meetings and doing all that behind the scenes work that's really exciting so thanks to the ncia members that have registered for lobby days already Really looking forward to seeing you there. And if you have not registered yet, please register as soon as you can. The sooner the better. And if you don't register, we won't have any meetings for you. That's just how it works. (laughs) Um, And thanks for mentioning our uh, education in general. I think it's good for those who are both new to the industry as well as those who have been in it for years. And I think the kind of research that your company is providing is research that wasn't available to a dispensary owner 10 years ago or perhaps even five years ago. So now the data is at their fingertips. That's true. And uh, we hope to grow with the industry and we're, we're expanding in Canada. We're, we're getting ready to do some work for, uh, for this, for the government there. And uh, you know, we're, we're, we continue to expand and, and to not only expand, but expand uh, the questions that we ask and, and better to so that we can you know better serve our clients. We're all becoming more sophisticated as time goes by, which is really exciting and encouraging. Um, as we wrap up the show here, uh, I just want to mention NCIA does host regional evening networking events across the country throughout the year, uh, in addition to our big you know two day conferences. But the evening networking events are great for just being connecting with business owners in your region. We have the Cannabis Caucus event series. We also have the Industry Socials event series. Great way to get connected and informed. And uh, I understand at the next event we're hosting in Florida, you'll be you'll be attending our Florida Industry Social. I will. I look That's forward to great. it. Awesome. Well, I hope some of you Florida people can. Uh, register for the Florida industry social coming up here in a couple months and uh, meet with Jeff. Um, Okay. So that we have run out of time. So I want to thank you, Jeff, for joining us on the show today. And um, I believe the website is consumer research around cannabis.com. Is that right? That's exactly right. Awesome. Look forward to hearing from folks out there and helping them answer their questions and, and dealing with their challenges in the business world of which there are no shortage. (laughs) Thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of NCI's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.